Jill, we miss you. <laughs> Jill's fine, I should say. I already showed this straight up. Um, she was just feeling a bit under the weather, and I was like, oh, I'll just do an interview with my cat. It'll go well. Hello and welcome to the Random Questions Podcast, where we ask all the random weird questions and give mostly wrong answers. My name is Rob. Say hello. That silence, because, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to edit that as well, was not Jill being really, really quiet or really weird. Um, none of the, hey, Jill normally is weird. It was my actual co-host for today, my cat, Sandwich. And as I say those words, I realise how weird and how sad that is. And with normal shows, I, I have to, because of the we're still in the middle of the pandemic, I have to be mindful of Jill being in a different place and you know hearing her and then later on and editing syncing up the voices but in this one uh my cat is in the room with me and for example right now she just disappeared and i do not know where she is in the room like i genuinely it's not a big room okay she's just on the floor she fell off the bed okay cool you okay there buddy okay she's good and today i kind of just wanted to ask my cat what's it like to be a cat because I think I mentioned it before in this podcast. I've definitely mentioned it if you know me in real life. I bet that being a cat is, like, really cool. Like, it's super sweet. Like, you sleep a lot. You don't have to get a job. You just... You sleep. You eat. You beep. You repeat. That's her life, basically. What are you doing? Are you trying to get into the wardrobe? God damn it. <laughs> Oh shit, there's balloons in the room. She hates balloons. Give me two minutes. Blah. So, yeah, to get back on track now that I've discovered where the cat was hiding in this tiny room. Um, I've, I've, I've oft wondered what it's like to be a cat. Like, really. And I know that seems like a ridiculous question. <laughs> then again, last week we were talking about what animals we could beat in a fight. So, <laughs> maybe ridiculous is uh, a long way past us in the rearview mirror. But I... I've wondered it. I really have. Sorry, I just hear rustling in the background and I'm just thinking there's mischief afoot. Oh, she's going... You're a really bad co-host, dude. You're just fucking about with a clothes amber. No. No, you you get out of there. I don't know. I have half of the prob this problem with Jill. Like, come on, man. Be cool. This is weird. It's a lot of dead air that I just need to figure out where my... Thought is, oh hello, she's back to me now. Hello, just want to give her a little pet so she settles down. Peppity pep. Oh, I also have my phone recording this separately in a place where she was sleeping until I hit the record button. Uh, so if you hear the audio dip weirdly, it's because you've got sandwich mic. That's what you're hearing. Um, so if you have any thoughts, my little bamberino, you just chip in and uh, share your thoughts, and I'll be happy to to hear them. But otherwise, I'll just be talking to you at the end. Okay, kitty. Me me meow. But if we're asking ourselves, what's it like to be a cat? First, we need to ask, what actually is a cat? So I looked up some definitions because it sounds obvious, you know, but it's like, you know, define a chair and you define it weirdly or define a human and it turns out to be a plucked chicken. Like, what is a cat? 
So there's a few definitions. The Wikipedia definition is, the cat, Felis catus, is a domestic species of small carnivorous mammals. Dictionary.com said that uh, the cat is a small domesticated carnivorous mammal with soft fur, a short snout, and retractable claws. Ron Swanson, the character in uh, Parks and Recreation, said that any dog under 50 pounds is a cat. And my personal favourite, the one I stand by, a cat is just a little guy who is your friend. And that is someone on Twitter I saw once. The word cat has a, has, has its own kind of interesting history. Um, it comes through a variety of languages with possible sources uh, including Old English, Latin, several Afro-Asiatic and Nilo-Saharan languages, Arabic, and a whole host of Eurasian languages that seemingly lead back into each other in a sort of linguistic feedback loop. There are a lot of theories surrounding the word puss, as in pussycat, including it coming from Dutch, Scandinavian languages and Irish, but it's equally as likely it comes from the noise people make to call cats, which is like this. My cat just glared at me because she's like, what the fuck do you want? I'm trying to go to sleep. The scientific name Felis catus was first proposed in the late 19th century, and since then it's gone back and forth on whether a house cat... Sorry, she just tried to fight me with her hands, her tiny knife hands. Get away here. Baby. You are baby. If you did not want to be treated like a baby, you shouldn't have been shaped like a baby. Anyway, the scientific term, the scientific name Felis catus was first proposed in the late nineteenth or late eighteenth century, I should say, and since then it's gone back and forth on whether a house cat is a distinct species or not. Most cats share a common ancestor from about fifteen million years ago, with house cats diverging evolutionary about six million years ago. The earliest archaeological evidence of domesticated cats was dated to about 7500 BCE from a fossil of an African wildcat that was found in a Neolithic, a Neolithic gravesite in southern Cyprus. As there's no evidence of like similar native anim- animals in Cyprus prior to this, it's commonly believed that people brought the cat over with them from the mainland. The reason for domestication can mainly be placed on the presence of rodents in the mostly agrarian societies. While the cats were attracted to the reliable food source, and farmers liked having them around because it stopped rodents from eating their grain. After around 1200 BCE, domesticated African wildcats had made it to most of the Mediterranean and continental Europe. Development of different cat breeds didn't begin until the mid-1800s though. But there is good news. The average lifespan of cats has drastically increased in recent years, going from about 7 years in the 1980s to over 15 years in the late 2010s. People are kind of theorizing as to what... Hey, don't you claw me, you little baby. If you have something you want to say, just speak, okay? You're a loud bastard when I'm never recording you, and then the second I hit the record button, you're fucking quiet as shit. God damn it. Some cats have also been shown to age well into their late 30s, uh, with the oldest known cat, Cream Puff, living to the age of 38. Um, the One of the reasons given as to why cats tend to live longer now um, is because the spaying or neutering process... Uh, basically, it, it it reduces amount uh, down the amount of common cancers that cats will get, so they can't just can't develop them, or it, they're less likely to develop them, and that just takes away a very common source of cat mortality. Cats have kind of always had a bit of an important place in human society. However, as mine eyes up a jumper I wear every day, pretty much, and no, oh, there's glass over that. Don't knock over the glass. Are you trying to get in a crab? Got cat. Oh shit, that really works. <laughs> yeah, cats are a very important part of my life because my cat is very good and very small, and I love her. 
and she's a tiny, tiny baby. It's kind of well known that cats had a really significant part in Egyptian societies. Um, so cats were worshipped and revered in ancient Egypt, most likely because of the lioness god Bastet, Bastet, excuse me, held an important place in Egyptian society, and uh, she was frequently depicted as a cat. The Greek historian Herodotus said that killing cats in Egypt was prohibited, and when a household cat died, the whole family went into mourning and shaved their eyebrows. Deceased cats were then taken to the lower Nile city of Bubastis to be mummified and interred. According to Ovid's Metamorphosis, when the gods fled to Egypt and took animal forms, Diana took the form of a cat. Greeks would later, the term here is syncretize, uh, the goddess Bastet with the goddess Aramis. So that's the thing that happened a lot in mythological societies going back, where local deities or other cultures' deities were sort of fit into the mould of the, either the Greek or Romans, depending on who it was most commonly. So, like, the easiest example I can think of is in, like, Celtic mythology, uh, which itself is a weird, like, kind of general phrase. Uh, I I wave my hands when I speak and my cat just came over because she thought she was getting pets. My cat loves hands. Hello, cat. You love hands. Like, the the Celtic gods that would, say, be prevalent in Ireland would be different. Even though culturally they're the same or they're the same roles or the same names, they're going to be different or have a different relevance in parts of, say, Germany. And even then, as a pantheon goes, the Celtic gods don't fit into the same kind of roles as the Greek ones. So it's really hard to make Lug fit into the Apollo or Jupiter shaped... Hey! Get out of there! She was just trying to call into a corner that she definitely wouldn't have been able to get out of. So, God damn it, you smelly baby. So that's the thing that, like, historians did a lot. I think Caesar, like, like Julius Caesar, was one of the main kind of writers who did that to Celtic mythology. But yeah, the Greeks did that with uh, Bastet, who was the Egyptian cat god, and uh, took, and, and like, kind of, as I said, syncretized it with the goddess Artemis. This meant that many of Bastet's character characteristics became Artemises in the mind of Greeks, including the association with cats. And then, later on, Artemis's characteristics were transposed and syncretized onto the Virgin Mary. So again, there's that thread of... Sorry, I just saw my cat disappear into a void that I don't think she'll be able to get out of, so excuse me while I rescue a cat who's definitely going to try and kill me. cat just sort of launched herself at me from the dark and gave me a heart attack. Okay, cat, I'm gonna let you out and I'll call you for your interview later. I know this is probably gonna be really jarring to listen to after the fact, but uh, my cat sort of has to be escorted around the house, um, and if she's kept in a room that she doesn't want to be in, like... She's not distressed or, like, it's not like she's in, in, like, you know, any trouble or anything. She just is like, I will cause problems on purpose as a way to get to back, like, back to where the food is. So she's now back enjoying her lactose-free milk that we get her because cats are lactose intolerant. So, yeah, uh, in Norse mythology, then, uh, the goddess Freya was frequently depicted as riding a chariot drawn by cats, which honestly, like, 
not to be like 80s stand-up comedian with it but like that just seems like you're trying to make the Iditarod like on hard mode <laughs> Like, you know, the dog mushing races. Just, you know, it's cats. All right. Uh, like, even if you're a goddess, I don't see that being an easy thing to do. The Maneki Nico, uh, literally translated as the beckoning cat and more commonly referred to as the lucky cat in the West, is seen as a symbol of good fortune in Japan. Uh, it's like, you know, those little statues, you always see them in the windows of, like, uh, the example given when I was doing research was pachinko parlors, which we don't really have over here in the West. But, like, you'll typically see them here in, like, Asian food restaurants and shops. And it's basically just a, it's a sign of good luck and fortune, quite literally. Um, and uh, also, side note, they're usually, like, a, depicted as, like, a white cat. And it's said that if you dream of a white cat, you're going to have good luck. So, there's a little tie-in-ski there, even though they're not related in the slightest, just... Society, that's yeah, fun how it works. Um, according to Jewish legend then, Adam, as in Adam and Eve, Adam, uh, kept a cat as a pet. This, the first cat, reportedly was friends with the first dog until the latter broke an oath that they had made. And this really explains, like, the oft-cited rivalry between cats and dogs. Like, I I like that in this mythology, it's not just, you know... God made these creatures and then they went forth and things happened. It's no, they're all buds until the dog was a dick and then the cat was like, but you know what? Fuck you, buddy. And it's just been that ever since. Like if that first dog hadn't broken that oath, cats and dogs would just be grand. And like being like, oh, they're going at it like cats and dogs would be like, oh, we're having a really good time. We're really bonding. An interesting one. And I should say, because he's all touched on different cultures, of which I don't belong to for the most part. Um, my knowledge on this is limited to like very surface level research so if I've gotten anything wrong I apologize and please let us know in the, in the comments and on Twitter and I'll be happy to put out a, a, a disclaimer or something in the uh, episode notes. The Prophet Muhammad was apparently extremely fond of cats. Uh, now this mainly comes from western writers uh, telling kind of different stories uh, one of which included uh, Muhammad getting up in the morning and when going to go for prayers he found a cat sleeping on the sleeve of his prayer robe so instead of like moving the cat or disturbing the cat he cut the sleeve like the part of the the robe the cat was sleeping on off so as to not disturb them there's no kind of reliable source for this in hadith or anywhere else uh and there's kind of a lot of other stories with different figures from the same period of history that are kind of similar to this so it could be a case of kind of western storytellers or just later storytellers for that matter transposing that onto the prophet muhammad but again i could be totally wrong and um, but there are several hadith that do record muhammad forbidding the persecution and killing of cats and just other general stories of him really loving cats it's really common now to talk about the pets that like famous politicians will have so like you know there was big deal made about the obamas when they got like what kind of dogs they would have i remember there being a similar big deal about trump not having any dogs and i'm pretty sure joe biden's dog like assaulted him and like before he officially became president but anyway it's it like u.s presidents in particular it's really talked up about them um the first u.s president to have cats as pets was Martin Van Buren, who briefly had two tiger cups as pets. And, like, before we go, like, you know, Martin Van Exotic here, 
they were apparently gifts from the Sultan of Muscat and Oman, and Van Buren was supposed like oh sorry, bleh, and Van Buren was later forced to donate them to a zoo by Congress. Although it's kind of said that maybe it was a misunderstanding that they were just to be sent to a zoo and that they weren't Van Buren's personal pet tigers, but that's how that's how it was recorded and that's how it happened. Um, Abraham Lincoln was said to be a proper cat boy, having had two cats as pets while in the White House, Tabby and Dixie. Uh, Lincoln once reportedly remarked that Dixie was smarter than his whole cabinet, and his wife would frequently refer to Mr. Lincoln's habit of adopting stray cats as his true hobby. So, Lincoln, you know, the the great emancipator, all the all these things, like, not proper cat boy, just loved cats, would be like, going through Boston or whatever, and was like, oh, cool, there's a cat, I'm gonna save it, and it's like, no, no, like... I've known lots of people who, whenever they come across a cat, they're like, I will take it and raise it as my own. Uh, and then it's like, no, someone owns that cat, leave leave the cat alone. Or like, they'll just fall in love with every single cat. And it's kind of nice to think of this, like, um, like powerful, like, you know, especially when you talk about history and how you look back on figures that they're very fixed in your mind as to who they are. Abraham Lincoln is the stovepipe hat and the beard and, you know, the, the Gettysburg Address and, you know, the Ford's Theatre and, and all these things. And it's just nice to just throw in like, oh no, he he really loved cats and he, it was a really big passion of his to save stray cats. So that's kind of nice. The kind of most recent famous example, not necessarily the most recent, but definitely the most famous example of a presidential cat was Bill Clinton's pet cat, Socks, who was an adopted stray that would frequently be referred to as the first cat of the United States. And there's so many cool things I found out when looking up Socks. Um, at the time during the Clinton presidency, if you went to like the White House Kids website, there was a little drawing of socks that would like lead you through the website. Um, there's photos of socks on like the lectern in the press room in the White House. There was also uh, I'm going to recommend another podcast uh, that I've, I've I've listened to in the past called You're Wrong About, where they talked about the kind of Monica Lewinsky and then the Bill Clinton trial. And from reading stuff from the time and from listening to that podcast, you get the impression that like. Don't get me wrong, Bill Clinton did a lot of wrong things, Jeffrey Epstein. <clears throat> but it seemed like a lot of the kind of trials going after him were very much just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks kind of approach. And one Republican lawmaker did ask who in the White House was opening letters addressed to Sox the Cat, how much it cost and how much time it was taking them. And like just as like a, a journalist, former journalist, whatever you want to call it, like that is a dream, like, freedom of information requests kind of idea. It's like, who is... Like, if, if if children in Ireland are writing to Michael D. Higgins' dogs, right, is someone specifically paid to answer that post? Does Michael D. open it? Do the dogs open it? How can they? How could socks? Her hands are tiny. She can't type. Tell us the answers. This is... This is the most important thing about the... No. Um... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like it's like someone genuinely took time out of the day and thought this is how we'll get him. We'll ask how much taxpayer money is spent on responding to children's letters to his cat. <sighs> and what like when you're talking about things like Socks the Cat and the President of the United States and you know Socks was known as the first cat of the United States, you have to talk about and I have to get this name right the chief mouser to the cabinet office which kind of sounds like you know well you know like they they do 
Like, oh, you know, the, the, the guards were bear skins, but they're not actually made out of bear. Like, oh, it's probably just one. Beef eaters aren't just people who eat beef. They're guards. Like, oh, it's just a jolly old English term for, like, the guy in charge of education in the British government. Like, no, it's it's literally a cat who lives with the prime minister. That That's what it is. It's an official title. Um, there is... Uh, it, it it goes back to apparently like there are records going back to like Henry the Eighth and stuff saying that like a cat was kept with the king at all times. I presume to keep rodents away. Like I presume that's what a, the actual function of it was, if not just as a pet or a companion. It became an official position in twenty eleven, and the first official chief mouser is Larry the cat, who, as I said, took on the position in twenty eleven. So. He, I, I don't know if he's, he's obviously not, like, he's not paid, as in, he's not getting, he's not getting, like, a, a, a paycheck, and, you know, he's not taxed at the end of the year, as far as I know, um, but I'm sure there's, like, an, an account to, like, keep him up, and, like, you can always see in, like, news conferences, like, when they're waiting for the Prime Minister to come out to, like, talk in front of Downing Street, like, the police officers, a cat will just walk up to Downing Street, and, like, the, the cop outside will just open the door to let the cat in, or sometimes the cat will, like, you know, walk up to the door and do that thing that the Prime Minister of England does with, like, visiting dignitaries, like, they just kind of, you know, will walk to the door and then turn around, pose, and then leave, like, the cat does that as well, and it's really adorable. <laughs> there are records going back to like the, the throughout the 20th century of like you know the government or prime minister writing that you know two shilling or whatever should be put aside for to buy the cat's food and to do all this stuff for the cat like it's really interesting if you want to dip into it the whole chief mouser thing but that kind of talks about how the kind of role cats play in society and kind of mythology and religion and 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 their political kind of <laughs> arena which sounds weird to say it seems to mostly be related to their both their youth usefulness and just their companionship as well like I presume similar to dogs, like, you know, cats are keeping, you know, in the early agrarian societies, they're keeping crops free of rodents or they're hanging out. They're they're just a little guy who's your friend, um, as, as we said. And um, I've got some cat facts as well here. So these are from Purina. I've taken them from two articles. It's 10 fascinating facts about cats and 14 fun facts about cats. And I will say that the 10 fascinating facts were better quality in the 14 fun facts so if you're trying to rank words that begin with f fascinating is above fun just in, in the rankings so just in case you're curious um cats can rotate their ears about 180 degrees the average cat has hearing about five times keener than most humans domestic cats spend about 70 percent of the day grooming oh excuse me 70 percent of the day sleeping and about 15 percent grooming and I found this out. Cats have REM sleep. Cats have dreams. Hashtag confirmed. So if you see... Like, you see, I, I... As a kid, like, I didn't have a cat until I was, like, 24. Like, I, I like sandwiched my cat, who was causing mischief earlier, and probably be back at some point later on. Um, she is the first cat I've had. So a lot of the kind of inherent, like, cat things they do, I haven't really... I've only come... Uh, gotten them from media and it's not really talked about it. cats like dreaming and twitching in their sleep you know it's always dogs like they're oh look they're they're running oh it's great cats do that as well and i found that really adorable just to be think like not only do they spend most of their time asleep but they also dream and that's ridiculously cute and makes me as a human being feel less alone in the universe that cats dream and i feel like i'm gonna cry because my cat has dreams <laughs> <clears throat> 
Speaking of how whew, cats relate to us as humans, um, meowing, that's that's not how cats talk. They learned that to talk to us because they just think we're big, dumb, hairless cats who don't know what's happening. And, like, meowing is a thing that babies do, so they only do it because they think that we're babies and that's the only way we can understand them. The Guinness Book of Records say that the richest cat ever had £7 million. And, and what happened was, is uh, when its owner passed away, they that their owner refused to recognise their own like family in the will, instead bequeathing it all to the cat. And I feel like this has been <laughs> the plotline in a million like TV shows and movies. Um, like it's everywhere. Like, and it's just really funny to see that it happened not only in real life, but it was for like a lot of money. So whew, you really. I can't imagine there's a lot of cat fans in that family at the moment, anyway. This one kind of surprised me. Isaac Newton is regarded as having invented the cat door. Appar- apparently, he was just in his office in I, I, Oxford or Cambridge or whatever university he was based out of. And he was just really annoyed of his cats constantly scratching at the door to be let in. So he just got one of like the custodians or the, the uh, caretakers to just cut holes in the door. He had two cats. One was big and one was small. So he had two holes cut in his door. Apparently you can still see them today. Uh, this is what this article said. Just was like, apparently they're still there. And that is regarded as like the first evidence of like the cat flap or cat hole or whatever you want to call it. Oh no, don't call it a cat flap hole. Uh, cat door. Let's go with cat door. <laughs> when you go to like uh, pub quizzes, trivia quizzes, Tron whatever term you want to use for them. Trivia night. A question always about like, what's the first like animal into space or like the dog and it's like uh, the, the Russian kind of cosmonaut. And you only ever really hear of a dog or like a, a, a monkey or an ape or obviously humans going into space. But one cat that we know of has been to space. In 1963, as part of the French space program, a cat called Felicette, or it, they called the cat Felix and then realized it was a girl cat, so they feminized the word Felix to Felicette. I'm not quite sure how that actually scans, but. Mm. And the cat was sent into space and arrived back and was, was studied. And it has recently been recognised with a, a statue that was kickstarted. And she is sometimes referred to as Astro Cat. And several like former French colonies and France itself have used her image on like stamps and postcards and things like that. So go Astro Cat, you're cool. These now facts come from <clears throat> Charlottesville Cat Care Clinic. And the, the article was titled 101 Amazing Cat Facts. Again, I'll try and link these in the description, or at least in the tweets on Twitter. Uh, these are kind of quickfire ones. Cats are believed to be the only animals who don't taste sweetness. That might be mammals. I might have mistyped in my notes, but I'll just say animals for now. Cats are nearsighted, but their peripheral vision and night vision are much better than humans. Cats can reportedly jump up to six times their length. And I remember this being reported with the case of, of lions. Uh, that it was like, it was in some science textbook that lions could leap a certain number of feet, would say 50 feet. And of course the person meant like laterally, like they could pounce. But it was the knowledge was carried forward, I think into other textbooks and books of lions just jumping like straight in the air. <laughs> like they could like, like Superman bound over tall buildings in a single leap, like completely crazy stuff but you yeah, know apparently cats can can and jump up to six times their length cats have an extra organ that helps them to taste scent on the air so like 
if you ever see your cat just with their mouth open, just kind of looking at you, it's they're literally tasting the air. And that's kind of weird. Um, can we do that? I feel like we can. Why am I saying this to just me? Podcast people respond. Am I crazy? Am I going mad? Chill, please come back. I miss you. <sighs> if you have never really taken a notice of like how cats walk, it's always seemed just a bit off, but not in a discernible way. So it was actually interesting to read this. Cats walk in a similar way to uh, camels and giraffes in that they move their right legs, then their left legs, then their right legs, and their left legs. So cats obviously have four legs. And instead of moving like front right front left front right front you know like 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 a human with four legs would cats move their right side then their left side then their right side which is why like cats will often seem like they're like trotting or if they're walking slowly like they just have a bit of swagger yeah i'm cool and i fucking know it that attitude of cats walk it's down to how they literally how they walk with their right side and their left side and apparently cats camels and giraffes are the only animals that do that so that's amazing cats also have a free floating clavicle or like a collarbone and that allows them to basically fit through any gap that their head can pass through and like that collarbone is basically not connected to anything else like it's just free floating it can move and change and to whatever shape which is why cats sometimes appear to be made out of rubber or like an octopus they can fit through whatever cats also use their whiskers to tell like by air vibrations and just through like actual physical thing like how wide they can fit through like like it's because they're usually like the length of their or the width of their bodies. So that for them is their guiding principle, which is why you should never cut off your cat's whiskers. And if you do, it's why they just walk into walls and shit because they're like, oh yeah, I can make this dunk. So don't do not do that to cats. This is just a separate cat fact I do remember from years ago, although I was sadly, sadly discovered that it's not as true as I would have hoped. Um, it was once reported that the Lyles Wren, also known as the Stevens Island Wren, because... It was native to, I think, New Zealand and parts of Australia, but as time went on, it basically was only existent in the Stevens Island. It was made extinct through the actions of one singular cat. Um, the cat was a pet of a lighthouse keeper named Tibbles. I presume the cat was called Tibbles, not the lighthouse keeper. <laughs> Sandwich is now back with me, as you can probably hear, and her belly is full of milk. And she's just kind of staring absentmindedly around the room. I'm holding her like you would cradle a baby. She's very small. And she smells like popcorn. So Sandwich, I suppose my first question to you is... Why do you smell like popcorn? Okay. Oh, your mouth is gross. Please don't lick the mic. Why do you smell like popcorn, little baby? Okay, you're not going to answer that question. That's fine. I'm a professional. I can deal with this. Um, What's it like being a cat? Is it pretty good? No. Do you like it? Do you like being a cat? What are your political beliefs? No, don't advocate cannibalism. Don't condone first degree murder. No, no, sandwich. No, this is bad. Bad cutie. No. No. Hey, do you think this podcast was a bad idea? I think we should have just taken a week off and wait for Jill to come back. Yeah, you're famous enough already. You don't want to have to deal with all the paparazzo. Oh, you little baby, you don't have to deal with the paparazzo too much. No.
You have to answer my questions, Sandwich. You can't keep dodging them. Where are the answers? Who paid for socks? Were you answering her letters all along? Is it true that you're a karate death monster? Answer me. No, you can't wriggle away from the truth. I guess that's our our interview for today. Thanks for thanks for coming along, Kat. You really you did a good job. Jill, we miss you. <laughs> Jill's fine, I should say. I already showed this straight up. Jill's okay. Just Jill's feeling a bit under. The, I said Jill a lot. Um, she was just feeling a bit under the weather, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just do an interview with my cat. It'll go well. No problems will happen." <sighs> but we'd both like to thank you, me and Sandwich. She is here causing mischief. She's just headbutting my hands and trying to eat my headphones. Stop doing that. My cat, who smells like popcorn. Sometimes she smells like chicken, or carpet, or barbecue, or petrol, and isn't dipped in petrol, she just smells like that sometimes. No. No. Baby. We'd both like to thank you for listening to the Random Questions Podcast. Until next time. Hello. To make up for... Maybe the lower or like the shorter length of podcast this week. Um, please enjoy a compilation of my cat screaming. Bye. Thank you for listening to Random Questions Podcast. The podcast was edited by me, Rob, and was hosted by myself and Jill Kingston. The intro theme was done by JJ Lee, and incidental music currently playing was done by Kevin McLeod. For more info on the podcast and to stay up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe to us on most podcast apps, and you can follow us on Twitter at RandomQsPod. It's R-A-N-D-O-M-Q-S-P-O-D.